You might want to hold your applause till afterwards just in case it's not good. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am just a man. I love you. And my belief is that there are people that are sitting in this auditorium right now that love you too. And they want to learn more what it is to be a disciple and grow, grow closer to you. So Father, I just pray that the words that are on this page would be anointed by you and would go forth and that you would open the hearts of everyone that is sitting here. That everyone would, that you would speak to them in some way through your word this morning. And that it would change their hearts to draw closer to you. Father, we are here to serve and to surrender ourselves to you. So Father, take us out of it in a way that we would just open up our hearts, open up our eyes to see the things that you want to do this morning. Father, we praise you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we turn down the lights just a hair? Awesome. Thank you so much. It gives me the ability to see you guys a little bit better. I like seeing an audience. I didn't like when we had to go to COVID and we had to do messages with an empty auditorium. I would always make the worship team go sit in the front couple of rows, so like I was like teaching to somebody. My message this morning is stand prepared. And as Pastor Dan spoke yesterday on standing in Christ, and then Pastor Andrew spoke last night about standing firm, it's amazing how God allows each message to continue off to springboard from the last one. And there was a couple of things that Pastor Andrew was saying last night that I was like, oh man, he's speaking into my message. Oh man, he's speaking into my message. And I was like, you know what? The kids are going to need a refresher because they're going to be up all night and not sleeping very well. So I pray this morning that you guys got enough sleep that you can hear what it is that God is saying to you this morning. I know all of you are great studiers, right? Not one of you has ever written a test unprepared. I'm glad the teachers have kind of like clued into this, right? Just kidding. I know that we've all had times where we have not prepared for a test. We go in the morning of the test or we're on the bus and we're trying to cram those last few minutes of studying or we're sitting down along the building of the school and we're like frantically going over our notes trying to like cram as much stuff into our head as we can before that test. We go into the classroom, we sit down, some of us are probably still looking over our notes as we're sitting at our desk, right? And then the teacher starts handing out the test. First thing she or he or she says is, okay class, everything off your desk, take out a pen or a pencil, she, he or she is walking around and putting the test face down on your, on your desk. Do not turn the tests over until everyone has their tests. They sit down. Okay, start. 
you have one hour. All of a sudden, you turn the page over, you put your name up at the top right-hand corner, if you remember to put your name up there at all. Teachers, I'm sure you're like, minus 10%, no name. But in that moment, when you look at the first question, and all of a sudden your heart starts to beat a little faster, your mind starts to race, and you all of a sudden you start to lose all of the information that you had just crammed into your mind 10 seconds before. Your palms start to get sweaty, and you're like, uh-oh, I don't remember what I was supposed to do. There are many times in life when we feel unprepared. My brother Tanner, who is not a believer, said he would only have kids when he was fully prepared to have children. Now, you have to understand my brother's idea of being fully prepared was a little bit skewed, okay? He wanted to have a lot of money in the bank. I mean, who doesn't, right? He wanted, he was looking, he also, yeah, so he wanted to have money in the bank. He wanted to be mature. He wanted to be older. He wanted to make sure that he was of a good age to be responsible, which is not bad. And he also knew that he wasn't a great child. So, he, wanted, he, he wasn't even sure that he wanted to have kids. So I just want to take a couple of looks at the way that my brother broke down being prepared. So first, from having kids from a financial aspect, he wanted to make sure he had enough money. And my brother, when I asked him, like, how much money is enough money? And he's like, I don't know, like $20,000, $30,000 in the bank. And I'm like, Okay, my brother's an electrician. He's been an electrician for years. He makes really good money. Um, he's a homebody. He doesn't do a whole lot of things. So for him, that's not unfathomable. But my brother saw my mother as a single mother struggle financially to support us. Okay? So he didn't want that for his kids if he was going to have kids. We weren't able to do extracurricular things like hockey or soccer or any of those things. Sometimes we weren't even able to go to some of the um, school trips or end of the school year events because we just couldn't afford it. My brother did not want his kids to grow up in those same hardships that we grew up with. Second, he wanted to make sure that he was at a good age to have children. I know that in his way, he wanted to be mature enough to handle the responsibility of having children. My brother was a bit of a wild child, and let's be honest, my mother had three wild children. I was included in one of those three, okay? And so, my brother, God bless him, has a little bit of a, even still to this day, has a little bit of a wild lifestyle. He likes his friends. He likes to do what he wants to do. He also goes hunting. So if he wants to pick up and go hunting, he just wants to be able to do that. And having kids kind of changes that lifestyle. 
Lastly, my brother understands that he was a difficult child. And possibly, to have a child like himself, he wasn't sure that he was ready for that to happen. It might have also had something to do with the part that my mom would repeat over and over to us, mark my words, you're going to have a child just like you when you grow up. So I'm sure that with this playing on repeat, my brother was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Now, why did I just tell you all these things about my brother's thoughts about having children? It has nothing to do with you guys. None of you are ready or should be ready to have children at this point. And for your parents' sake, please do not. But I want you guys to understand, like, he had some really good things about wanting to be prepared for having kids. God wants us to be prepared as well. Now, God wants, he he does want us to be prepared for children, that's for sure. But there's other things that he wants us to be prepared for. And we're going to take a look at God's word when Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the day of evil, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with you, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with prayer and supplication in spirit, be watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterances may be given to me, that I may open open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, and that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. God wants us to stand prepared, not for a school test, not for your driver's license, not for asking the pretty girl out that you've been crushing on for a while. But like my brother with children, God wants us to be prepared for this life that we have said we will join. You are here in this place right now, either because your parents are a Christian and they want you to be, or you've made the decision yourself to be a Christian. Or you're here because a friend asked you to go and their desire for you is to follow Jesus and to love Jesus like they do. Well, I'm, I don't want to freak you guys out. But how many of you know that you're in a battle? You can show hands. I'm good with participation. Okay, Ephesians 6, 11 to 13, if we go back to that, says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, 
against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be with, able to stand the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand. Stand in a battle. Why do we wear armor? Why is Paul telling us to wear armor if we're not in a battle? I don't know about you guys, but I'm not wearing armor if I'm just going out to the store to get groceries. I wanted to look up this word wrestle because to me, wrestling, I grew up with the, you know, like WWF or WWE, I guess it's now it's called, right? I grew up with that. My brothers and I would watch it on Saturday nights because it wasn't on Monday or Fridays at that point. And we would then, you know, practice on each other, right? You wouldn't do that, would you, Adrian? Okay, but I wanted to look up this word wrestle. And it meant, in the Greek, it meant generally a fight or a battle. So we fight or battle against the forces of evil. So if the, if the Bible is telling me that I don't wrestle against flesh and blood, then... Why did I get into a fight yesterday with my mom about cleaning my room? Or why did I argue with my brother about the front seat? You guys don't do that, right? Or what about who took the last chicken wing at dinner? Nobody argues about that, do they? The problem is we don't see the battle that's going on because that we, it's, the Bible says that we are in a war against principalities, powers, and, rule, and rulers of darkness of this age against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I don't know about you, but I can't see the heavenly places. This is not like Fortnite or Call of Duty. I know some of you are like, oh. Or any other video game that you're playing. In your video game, you run around, you can see people coming at you, or they can see you, and you shoot them, right? Or they shoot you. In my case, they shoot me, and I die. <laughs> I'm not very good. But... This battle that we're in, it's like we're, we're going into this battle with a blindfold on. You can't see the enemy. You can't hear the enemy. It's not like you got your headphones on and you can hear footsteps coming up behind you. You can't hear the enemy. You know that the enemy's out there, but you can't do anything about it. Or can you? Most of us don't do anything because we don't even believe the battle is going on around us. If I were to ask each one of you if you believe in the enemy, most of you would say, yeah, of course I do. 
Jesus was tempted in the desert. We know that the devil is real. Okay, great. If Jesus was tempted in the desert, what makes you think that the devil won't do the same thing to you? Now, most of us wake up in the morning and maybe you brush your teeth, maybe. And maybe you put on deodorant, and if you shouldn't, you really should. Let me tell you, you all should. I've been in a gymnasium full of young teenage boys, and let me tell you, boys, you need to put on some deodorant. Okay? Maybe you go downstairs and you pour yourself a bowl of cereal. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, maybe you like run out of your sheets, run downstairs. Your mom and dad are like, let's go. Time to go to school. You either jump on the bus, get on the car, or you start walking to school. Right? But you haven't prepared yourself spiritually for the day. Okay? You might have gotten cereal. You might have prepared yourself nutritionally for the day. You might have prepared yourself hygienically for the day. You might have combed your hair. You know, you wake up with the bed head, right? You wake up, you look up, you might wipe the crust out of your eyes, right? You put on, you definitely put on clothes because anybody have that dream where they go to school and they're, they're not wearing any clothes? That scares me. Oh man, I've had that dream so many times, right? So you prepare yourself in the morning for your day. But you get, then you get to school, and then you have a fight with your best friend, and you don't know why. Don't worry. I'm not singling you guys out because there's days that I do it too. There are days when I get up and I slam the alarm clock off and trying to get everybody ready, and I have to take... I have to take one of my kids to high school, so that's early in the morning, and then I probably just go straight to the office because there's no point of coming back home. And then when I get to the office, I check my email, and then the day starts, and people are asking me about this. Then I have to get stuff ready for youth or whatever's going on. And then there's halfway through my day, and I'm like, oh, I didn't start my day off in prayer. I didn't cover myself spiritually. I covered myself with clothing. Thank goodness for everybody. But I didn't cover myself spiritually. I might have an argument with my wife about something silly. I might be getting angry at my kids because they're not putting on their shoes fast enough and getting out the door in a good time. The car in front of me might be going slow and I might be tempted to honk on the horn to get them to move it. And then I have to look at and say, why am I getting angry about these things? Now, I want you to hear me clearly. I'm not, you can't blame the devil on your anger. You make that choice. So you can't say, the devil made me do it. You are tempted 
but you make the choice to be angry at your brother or sister, your mom or your dad, your teacher. Please don't be mad at your teachers, guys. They're just there trying to do the best that they can. Right? You're mad at your mom because you don't know why, because you're a teenager and you're just mad at your mom because she, he or she, your mom or your dad made you wear a sweater instead of a short sleeve shirt in minus 30 degrees with, in the wintertime. Or it's the summertime and you're wearing a sweater and jogging pants in 100 degree weather. I don't understand that. Why do you guys do that? Well, but how do I stand prepared for the battle that's around me if I can't see it, I can't hear it, and I don't know when it's going to attack me? The scriptures give us three ways to be prepared. The first way to stand prepared is, Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Continuing this idea with being in a battle, I think of movies like Braveheart with Mel Gibson. Right? And he's, you know, him and his generals are standing at the front of this line and they're getting, you know, all the troops riled up and ready to go. Right? And everybody's slamming their pitchforks on the ground and they're all yelling and they're all getting ready for this great battle. Right? But then, and so they're, they're, you know, they're feeding off the energy and the power that their generals have, right? And William Wallace is standing there and he's riding his horse up and down the line and getting everybody pumped up. And everybody's ready to go into battle. But the same, the opposite can be said. There's times in that movie as well where the generals not William Wallace, but the other generals, tuck tail and run. And everybody runs with them because they're like, we're out of here. If these guys aren't standing, we're not standing. But they have one thing. They don't have one thing that we do have. We have an almighty God. Our strength comes from him and not from men. That's why David... A small shepherd boy came to the battlefield and was not afraid of a giant like Goliath and faced him on the battlefield. Our God is mighty. We have been led to believe by the world that we are weak, that our God is weak. But our God set the moon and the stars into place. Our God called the water from the land. Our God created us with all of our complexities. And if that wasn't enough, we're talking about the same God that killed all the prophets of Baal, that desecrated Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you believe in the power of God? Like, truly believe like David did. This is the first step 
in standing prepared. You must believe in the power of who you stand for, which is Almighty God. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. It's not our might. We don't stand on the battlefield in our own strength. We stand in His strength, in His power. But you got to believe in His power. The second step to standing prepared is putting on the armor. When you, want, when you go into battle, you want to have armor. Ephesians 6.11 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day, having all, done all to stand. Paul talks about every piece in the next few verses. Every piece of Roman armor that the people of that day would have been able to understand because the Roman soldiers were walking everywhere. So this would have been very common for them to see a Roman soldier wearing all the armor. The belt of truth. Tied tightly around this waist would mean that, that you are ready for battle. A loose belt would mean that you were off duty. The belt would hold a piece of clothing back called the tunic and would help the breastplate stay in, in position. Also, it would hold the sheath of the sword that the soldier would carry. How do you know what truth is? In this day, when you are being told by society that as truth is what you want it to be, as the New King James Version says, how do we gird our loins with truth? This wording is much more than just putting on a belt but this is protecting some of our most vital parts, just like truth does. The truth of God's word protects us. We must know this truth. And if we don't read the Bible, then how can you know the truth? The breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness was a big piece that went from the neck to the thigh. And it was called the heart protector. Okay? Now, just like the breastplate, it, righteousness protects our heart. Okay? Righteousness stands for uprightness and integrity of character. These are two things that you guys should be protecting at all costs. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Your integrity is something that you can keep or lose. And if you lose your integrity... It's hard to get back. If you're willing to compromise on your morals, on your integrity, 
people will see that and they understand that, that that person is willing to compromise. That person doesn't have integrity. With your feet fitted with the gospel of peace. When a Roman soldier put on shoes, they were described as shoes thickly studded with sharp nails to ensure a good grip or to have a good footing. This was another way of being prepared for the battle. Part of the Christian soldier's equipment is their readiness or standard prepared to go out in any moment and announce the good news of the gospel to others. And to do that, you need a, sheer, a good footing. The shield of faith, extinguishing all flames of the evil one. We have all seen battles, probably in movies or wherever, where the commander of the army calls for the archers. And they usually have a fire that's in between them, and they ignite their arrows, and they shoot them off into the other army. We have to stand prepared with that shield out. The Roman shields were huge, so they could put them in front of their entire body and not get hit by the flaming darts. And we need to do the same thing so that we don't get hit by the flaming darts of the evil one. If you don't hold the shield properly, it doesn't work properly. Our shield is our faith. How are you using your faith in battle? Are you using your faith in battle? Do people, other people know that you're a Christian? And yes, I understand that most of you guys go to the Christian school, so you were like, yeah, of course, everybody knows we're a Christian. But do other people in your community know you are a Christian? Would they have any idea that they can, they can separate you from somebody else and be like, that person's a Christian? Or you, do you just stand in with the crowd? Are you walking in obedience to God? Are you taking the arrow of inappropriate music? Are you taking the arrow of inappropriate talk with your friends? Are you taking the arrow of talking about someone behind their back? There are many arrows that you can take. The arrow of sexuality. Right? Lust. Right? There's so many arrows that can take you guys down. But if you're being strong in your faith and your shield is up, 
and you aren't listening to bad music, or you aren't watching bad movies, or you're not talking about somebody behind their back, you're blocking those evil arrows by your faith. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit are the only two pieces of armor that somebody else would give you as a Roman soldier. All the other pieces you would have laid out for you or you would take home with you. But an armor bearer would keep your helmet and your sword. Okay, the helmet of salvation is not something we do for ourselves, but is something that is given to us by our Heavenly Father because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it covers us just like the helmet does, right? If you didn't have a helmet on and you took a sword or a pitchfork or whatever to the head, you're not much good to anybody. The helmet covers our vital spots, our, our vital organ, our brain. It would also have a piece that would go back down in your neck so nobody could hit your spine. Protecting your vitals, just like salvation does. Salvation is given, not earned. We can't do anything to earn it. It is freely given. Just like the helmet. The last piece of armor that we get is like Pastor Andrew talked about last night. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only piece that we have for offense. Everything else is to protect us, but the sword of the Spirit is the only thing we wield in attacking our foe. How can you attack your foe if you don't know the Bible? Pastor Andrew talked about this last night. But it bears reiteration. Most of us own a Bible. Or we have phones that have these fancy new apps, Bible apps that we can get a thousand different translations on. Maybe a thousand is a little bit of an exaggeration. You guys don't have an excuse for not having a Bible on you at all times. But we choose Snapchat over the Bible app. We choose Instagram over the Bible app. We choose TikTok over the Bible app. And it's like Pastor Andrew said last night, guys, we're not asking you to be in your Bibles 24-7. That is unrealistic. But how many of you, and I don't want to see a show of hands, I just want you to guys to think about it in your hearts. How many times a day are you on social media? Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. Let's be honest, none of you guys use Facebook anymore. 
Okay? How many times are you on one of those social media sites? And how many times do you pick up a Bible? A day. Okay? What you feed will, will be shown in your bodies and in the way you live. If you feed yourself with social media, that's what you're going to know. If you feed yourself with the, with the Word of God, that's what you're going to know. Soldiers go into battle, but they don't go into battle without learning how to use their sword. They practice for hours and hours and hours before going into battle how to use their swords. The same thing needs to be for you guys to be prepared for the enemy that's out there. Jesus, our Lord Jesus, battled Satan with the word of God. He didn't use fancy words. He didn't come up with something really cool to say. He didn't do some miracle that threw Satan off. All he did was use the word of God to battle Satan. And if our Lord uses that, how much more is our, that's our example of what we need to do in battle. The last way we stand prepared I lose my spot. The last way we stand prepared is Ephesians 6:18. It says, "Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints." I can't stress how important prayer is. But it's one of the things that we don't do on a regular basis. If you don't read your Bible, I guarantee that you probably don't pray. And I'm not talking, you know, praying for your food at dinner time. But what I'm talking about is, do you spend time with God, your heavenly Father? Do you spend time at his throne room, before his throne? Do you come into his presence? And do you thank him for the life that you have? To ask him to prepare you for the day, for what's going to go on, for the things that you're going to encounter, It's one of the things that we fail to do the most as a Christian. Because I'm a Christian. I can just be a Christian. Because I was born a Christian. Because my parents were a Christian. My grandparents were a Christian. And their grandparents are Christian. I'm a fourth generation Christian. I gotta be good. I'm pretty sure that I don't have to really do a whole lot. I know how to live. I know how to do good things. Like Pastor Dan said, you know, I'm pretty good and relative to my friends. 
I'm pretty good. But do you know Jesus? Do you spend time in his presence? Paul tells us on all on, to pray on all occasions. And sometimes we don't feel like it. There's times when I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like it. There's other times when I'm laying in my bed and I'm like, just thank you, Jesus, for today. But there's times when I don't do that. And I need to get better at doing that. Because each day is a gift from God. The air that's in your lungs right now, you're able to breathe is a gift from God. And we take those things for granted. We pray when our goldfish dies and we're sad. God, please help me to be not sad that Goldie died. Or we pray when we didn't study for our test. Oh, please, Lord. Bring back to memory all the things that I didn't study. Right? How can you use, how can you be ready for the battle if you don't spend time praying to God? We are to stand prepared at all times. Like I said, whether you know it or not, you're in a battle. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're in a battle. If you chose to be a Christian, if you said, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and He is my Lord, I've accepted His forgiveness of my sins and, the, and His resurrection on the cross. If you said that in some way, shape, or form, you are in a battle. Welcome to the Lord's army. Now suit up for battle. Because if you don't, I'm telling you right now, Satan will tempt you and you will fall. That's the reality of it. But Paul gives us three ways to be prepared. God wants us to stand prepared in the power of his strength, to stand prepared with the armor that he gives us, and to stand prepared in the spirit at all times. He loves us so much that he gives us the ability to stand prepared. The question is, will we use these gifts that God gives us to stand prepared? Or we go, will we go into battle unprepared? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Father, we know that our enemy prowls around looking for someone to devour. And oftentimes, Lord, we are unprepared for those those battles. We're unprepared for the time that he comes and he attacks. And when he roars, we get scared because we're not prepared. Father, help us to take those times 
to spend in prayer at your throne. Lord God, help us to read your word instead of spending time on social media. Help us to put our iPads down and to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand prepared for the battle that we are in. Father God, I pray over everyone that is here, Lord God, that you would just continue to mold and make them in the image of your son, Jesus, that they would draw closer to you each and every day, putting on their armor, standing firm, and standing in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.